You are listening to the Missio Tempe podcast. We are a church of missional communities, living as a family of missionary servants for the good of our city. For more information about our church, visit missiotempe.com. We hope this teaching encourages and challenges you to faithfully take up your role in the Missio Day. Uh, my name is Nick Barker. I'm one of the elders um, here at MDC um, Tempe, and I have the privilege to be able to uh, continue on with uh, the biblical narrative that we've been in for this year. Uh, we started in January tracing through the biblical story, and we're now at the point uh, where we are we're, we're at the, the, the crux or, or the climax of uh, the, this true story that you and I believe we are a part of. And o- over the last few weeks and continuing today, we are, we're going to be in the life of Christ and, and looking at how he is centric to all things and centric to uh, this story that we've been, we've been diving into. Um, before we do, um, would you just turn to, turn to someone next to you? You don't need to get up, um, but in... In a few moments, um, we're, we're going to spend some time in discussion. And so um, before we do so, would you turn to a couple people next to you and just pass the peace and let them know that you are so glad that they are here with you this morning. All right, let's bring it back in. Sorry, that was quick. Um, hey, so th- this morning, um, I- I'd love for us to spend some time um, I'm tracking with the words of Christ in the Sermon on the Mount, specifically the first part of the sermon, which is called the Beatitude. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 5, whether you have a hard copy or you're scrolling, um, either one. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 1. And we believe that the, the centric elements or the centric events of the the, the meta-narrative of Scripture are the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. That, that through his death, he, he absorbed the wrath of God. Uh, through his death, he, he, he finally inaugurated, or he um, purchased the kingdom of God for his followers. And, and through his death, um, he's reconciling all things back to him. And then his resurrection, his physical resurrection, is the inauguration of this kingdom in the good news. And the beautiful thing about the life of Christ and the teachings of Christ is that they, they help illuminate and explain and help us navigate what these gospel events of the cross and resurrection are, or what they mean for us. So last week, Charlie... Um, Charlie Charlie shared the story of Jesus turning water into wine. And if we want to know what Jesus is like and we want to know what the gospel is all about, uh, we should look at what he did and what he said. And the beautiful thing about water into wine is, uh, you know, he, he's showing that like in his kingdom, there's, there's going to be celebration. And like the celebration, like the best celebration, remember he saved the best wine for last, as if to say that, hey, there's a coming reality that's far better than what we're currently experiencing right now. And then Jesus goes and he, you know, heals those who are blind, showing that in his kingdom, we will be able to see the face of God. And Jesus goes on over the course of his life and he feeds the masses 
showing that in his kingdom everyone's provided for. He walks on water and calms the storm, showing that in his king kingdom he has dominion and rule over everything, including the non-human creation. And then his last miracle, his last sign in the Gospel of John, is he raises one of his friends, Lazarus, from the dead, showing that in his kingdom, death will be no more. And so if we want to understand the nuances and the different dimensions of this beautiful gospel that we cling to, we look to the life of Christ. And so this morning, we're going to dive into Christ explaining and expanding on specific elements of the gospel pertaining, pertaining to human nature. So what God or what Jesus is doing in the Beatitudes that we're about to jump into is very simple. He's not, he's not setting us a list of standards that we have to live up to. And he's not, not saying you have to try to be all of these different things. But what, what Christ is doing through the Beatitudes is this is he is applying and nuancing the gospel to different aspects of the human condition. And so the question for us this morning is, which one of these lines, and they're really quick, which one of these do you need to hear? How is God speaking to you through his word this morning? Um, my, my son Duke is 18 months, and one of the, one of the things that um, I love to do with him is read this book that's called How to Bathe Your Little Dinosaur. And it's, a, it's an instruction manual on what to do if you have a little tiny dinosaur that's stinky and does not want to take a bath. And the book starts off with, dirty little dinosaur doesn't want to wash. So what's step one? You fill up the bathtub. Splish, splash, splosh. You guys get the point. Okay? And so here, here's what makes this, this book so amazing and, and so powerful is that I know, I know that if Duke is having a hard time going to sleep, if he's having a difficult time at night as I'm putting him down, I know that this book is going to be the book that he wants to hear. The book that's going to help him. The book that's going to provide comfort and calm to him. Why? I don't know. He's, eight, he's 18 months, right? Um, but he loves this book, How to Bathe Your Little Dinosaur. And, and the beautiful thing about this book is it ends with this. The, the little boy takes his little dinosaur out of the bathtub. He wraps him in the towel. And, and the last line of the book is this. Clean little dinosaur. Give him a big hug. And so when I say clean little dinosaur, give him a big hug. Duke, who's sitting in my lap, goes like this. And he knows that I'm going to give him a big hug. And so I'll read that last page three times, four times, seven times. And it's what my son needs. 
in that moment. And I know that because I'm his father. The Beatitudes, what we're about to hear, is Christ taking the good news of the kingdom and presenting it to you and I in the ways in which we need to hear. So let's get into it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Jesus saw the crowds, and he went up on the mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And pause there. Uh, to be poor in spirit is a, um, another way of putting it is to be brokenhearted. That when you look at the world, your heart breaks. That you see life around you and you know that it's not the way it should be. Notice this, he says, hey, if you're poor in spirit, here's the good news for you. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice the present tense here. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The reality of God's kingdom is yours today, especially if you're brokenhearted. For those who believe in your hearts are broken, here's the good news that the kingdom of God is yours. The kingdom of God is where God rules and reigns. So in other words, the rule and reign of Christ is available to manifest itself in your life today. Is your heart broken? God offers himself to you. Verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So blessed are those who um, are experiencing sorrow. Notice here that the it now switches to a future tense, for they will be comforted. Potentially maybe one day in the future. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Notice already you have this already but not yet dynamic of the kingdom of God. There is the kingdom of God, and one day we will be comforted. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek doesn't mean weakness necessarily, or being unable, or not being strong. On the contrary, Meek is, um, a, a way that, that we can see it is meekness is bridled strength. So you have strength and you have ability, but you choose not to flex it. Another way of putting it um, is those who are meek choose not to use their strength just for their own benefit. But they choose to withhold their strength sometimes or their ability or their privilege for the betterment of others. And those are the ones who will inherit the earth in God's new kingdom. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. One of the interesting things about meekness is if you look over um, throughout our culture today, I don't know how much meekness I see. But on the contrary, you see people trying to elevate their voices, trying to promote themselves. Um, the, the, the big thing that, that we have to navigate through is turning your identity into your brand. We rebrand ourselves. This is who I am. Let me leverage my degree. Let me leverage my intellect. Let me leverage the knowledge I think I have from all the podcasts I listen to. Or oh, whatever. But blessed are those who take their strength and do not wield it for their own good. But maybe withhold it for the sake of others. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Another word for righteousness or hungering and thirsting for what's right is hungering and thirsting for justice. That when you look at the world, you desire something more. You desire for what is right to manifest itself. One day, one day through the gospel of Christ, you will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is the only Beatitudes that mirrors itself, where the good news mirrors the, the condition. Blessed are the merciful, those who extend mercy, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When we hear the word pure, Especially in the biblical context, we have all of the um, late 90s, early 2000s church purity culture um, baggage that we have to, that we filter this word through. Um, that this isn't necessarily talking about sexual purity, um, and so the opposite of pure within the Bible isn't dirty, but the opposite of pure within Scripture is divided. Right. So if you think about the psalm, um, give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, so that we might um, not lift our, our hearts and our allegiance to other false gods. So, so the opposite of pure in Scripture um, is a divided heart. So give, give me a, a pure heart that is fully devoted to the one true living God. Those who desire to see God, you will see God one day. And so with Sarah's confession this morning and her challenge, would we be a congregation that's pure in heart in the sense of we desire to see Christ? And let me just pause there for a moment. Why isn't that our prayer? For, for you, maybe, maybe why haven't we entered into those difficult prayers where we say, God, I want to see you. God, I want to physically experience you. Look, look we, we live within a world that seems to be spinning out of control. And we live within a post-Christian society in which this doesn't make sense anymore, what we're doing here. You know, to pause with that, like, this doesn't make sense to a lot of people, 
meeting at like in a muggy grass field with bars of soap everywhere right when i try like when we meet new neighbors it's like oh goodness okay um we're going to invite them to our missional community, and then I have to explain what a missional community is. And a missional community is part of Missio Day communities. That doesn't make sense at all. And a quick sidebar on that. So I work at a, so my, my, uh, my employer has the um, most pretentious, like, title for any institution you could ever, like, imagine. Like, three words, you could put three words together, and it's the most, like, pretentious title. Scottsdale. Christian Academy, all right? We're, we are the Academy of Christians in Scottsdale. And what makes that even better for me is my, my title is like the most ambiguous title in the world. I'm the Spiritual Life Director at Scottsdale Christian Academy. I promise you, my in-laws still don't even know like what I do for a living. And I, I continue to explain it to them. And like, look at the, the, the titles are silly, and it doesn't make sense. But but look at the the fact that we orient our lives and our Sundays um, around this instead of like riding our motorized scooters or taking a walk in a park or whatever it is that we want to do. One of the things God says is this, and in Christ, it's almost like an invitation: Blessed are those who are pure in heart, who seek Me. Within this world, the only way, the only way this stuff that we're doing continues to make sense for you and I is if we, we start pressing in more and more to a God who is alive and active today. And our prayers are filled with a calling and a begging for God to reveal himself. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Within a world that become, that's becoming ever more increasingly polarized, those who seek peace are the ones that are called children. And finally, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who take a stand and put, put their feet on a firm foundation for what is right. Think about how difficult that is to do these days. To stand on the foundation of Christ, taking a stand for what is right, knowing that you very well could be persecuted. Now look, at we are we're far ways off, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure if, we're ever, if we'll ever get there, at least in my lifetime, where you will be drug into the street and beat and flogged because of what you believe in professing Christ. But man, the ridicule is there, isn't it? You feel it thick. It's there. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The question for us this morning is very simple. When you hear the Beatitudes, which one speaks to your soul? 
which one captivates your attention? Which one do you need to hear this morning? And like, look at, here is me, here, here's, here's my question coming as the director of spiritual life from Scottsdale Christian Academy. Which one do you need to have as your memory verse for today and for this week? Or even take an expo marker and write it on your, your, your bedroom mirror. So as you're brushing your teeth, you're reminded of this. Oh man, I need to stop right now. So turn to someone next to you and discuss which, which one do you need to hear um, this morning? Wh which one is good news? Ready, set, go. Okay, and so as, as we spent some time um, discussing and, and, and talking through um, wh which nuance of, of the gospel um, you needed to hear this morning, and would you hear this? Jesus says this about the, the passage that we just heard. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had the foundation of the rock. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with great crash. This morning we had an opportunity to hear from God's word and then you just had um, a few moments to, to discuss and um, break down God's word and what he might be um, speaking to you this morning. And now I'd like to invite us into a time to, to believe, to trust, and to live within the good news of the gospel that we just heard. And so as we do so, would you stand with me as we prepare for communion? And Chris and Sarah Hamilton will be serving us this morning. And um, as we stand, um, would, would you join me in opening your arms and posturing yourself between the God who is with us, even though we might not feel him or hear from him audibly or physically see him. We enter into his presence right now um, with uh, the hope and the trust that he is with us. And so in those moments of skepticism or doubt or weariness, the invitation every single Sunday is to the table to take and receive, to be reminded of the actual events that stand in the center of the story that we believed, believe in and the story that we find ourselves in. And as we take, we take with a confession that Christ is who we need and Christ is who we desire to see. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. 
this is my body, which was given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And when he gave thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, as God's people, we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Would you come to the table?